Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Pat Cummins. I'm Josh Hazelwood. I'm Lisbon Kawaja. I'm Mitch Marsh. I'm Mitch Stark, and you're listening to The Unplayable Podcast. Hey everybody, this is the Unplayable Podcast. On today's episode, we chat to former Australia fast bowler Ryan Harris about the World Cup and the upcoming Australia A Tour. And we also hear a World Cup moment from former Aussie speedster Brett Lee. Let's start with the World Cup. Australia are 2-1 following wins over Afghanistan and the West Indies and Saturday's 36-run loss to India at the Oval. Australia gave up 352 runs against India and will rue a few missed chances in the field and a late collapse with the bat. The latter, as of Tuesday, June 11, sees New Zealand in first place with three wins from as many games, followed by England, India and Australia, with the West Indies, Sri Lanka and Pakistan all on three points. Bangladesh, South Africa and Afghanistan occupy the bottom three spots. There is plenty to talk about, so let's get on with the show and welcome on Ryan Harris. Ryan Harris now joins us from Brisbane where he's working with the Australia A squad. Ryan, before we get into the A tour, what did you make of Australia's loss to India the other night? Oh, look, great to be with you, Sammy. Um, look, it was obviously disappointing. Um, but, um, yeah, look, I still, I've read some reports and it's almost like we've lost the World Cup already. I don't think it's that bad. Um, you know, I don't think we bowled uh, very, well, as well as we could have, obviously, uh, to allow that many runs. India, um, you know, obviously the, the, the batting it's a powerhouse, power unit, powerhouse of the batting lineup. So, you know, for them to you know, shake at Darwin and, and, and um, obviously Virat Kohli to, to do what they did, and, and then Hardik Pandya to come in at the end, and they, they, they've just got a really strong batting lineup that goes from sort of one down to probably seven uh, with Donny in there as well. So, um, yeah, didn't bowl as well as we liked. I, I think you know, to, to, and we didn't. I didn't think obviously we bat as well as we could have either. But the full thirty run short um, isn't the end of the world. That's right. There's a lot of panic after one loss, isn't there? Uh, and as you said, yep. they only lost by thirty six runs in the end. I mean, they take a catch. Um, yep. They bat a little bit better. I mean, they were right in the hunt at three for two thirty uh, with eleven overs to go. You would back that that uh, middle to lower order to fire more often than not. They would have given themselves a real chance. Yeah, well, that's right, and, and they, that, that's the exact thing. You know, everyone's you know talking about um, how slow David Warner is batting and all that sort of stuff. But you, when you say that there, three for two thirty, they're, they're right in a position where they want to be to, to launch, and that's what you try and do in those situations. You get yourself in a position where you know you, you know hundred off the last ten, or even hundred and twenty off the last ten these days on those grounds um, is very gettable. And, and as I said, this day and age, hundred off the last ten that used to be a stretch. Now they do it easy. They do it with with, with balls to spare or even overs to spare, you know. So um, that, that's what they would have been trying to do, and they did that. They just weren't able to finish it off, and that's probably the disappointment of it. But again, there's no need for for um, the huge panic. If they'd have been bought out for 200, then you know, obviously the boys not doing it, not doing it 
uh, the right thing with the bat, but they didn't. Um, they still fought and, and got close. And it's all about making the semis, isn't it, Ryan? you just got to get there because anything can happen in those final two games. Yeah, it, it's right, it is. And with, that, with a different format this year, I think it's a really good format. Everyone plays each other. And, um, you know, yeah, semi-finals. And the other thing with that is, is you've got to try and win and get as high as you can. You've got to finish high as you can. You just don't know with the English weather um, mm. when you might not be able to play. So if it doesn't wash out, obviously it's like the higher team goes through. So... I'm sure that's in the back of uh, everyone's minds over there. Um, you know, winning winning these games is, or as many games in, in this group stage or in this stage is is, is crucial. Absolutely, yeah. Tournament of a whole, on the whole, uh, Rhino. What have you made of the Aussies? What do you like about them so far, and where do you think they can improve a little bit? Oh, I don't. Obviously, there's a lot of improvement. Um, you know, we didn't take early wickets. Early wickets is is, is the key in these games, especially against the powerhouse sides. Like the Indians, um, as I just said before, they bat from you know one down to seven, even eight. Um, you, when you've got a batting lineup as long as that, you need to make early inroads, and that, we didn't do that. Um, the, probably the third bowling option, Nathan Coulton at the moment, it's just, it's just I wouldn't say disappointing. Well, he's disappointing that he hasn't got any wickets, but um, you know I'm watching him bowl, and he's, he's not to me from a, from a long from a long way away, but he's not too far away. He's just uh, he came up with pretty good batting against pretty, some pretty good batsmen the other day. Um, so that, that that would like to obviously we tighten up a bit up, tighten up a bit on that, but just 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 general improvement. Even with the bat, it'd be nice to see someone go on and, and make another big hundred or a big hundred. Um, we've got a lot of guys getting to the sixties and seventies and 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 doing that sort of stuff. So it'd be nice. That's all it was the other night. If someone had gone on and made a hundred, then we probably would have won that game. Yeah, a couple of guys made fifties. Uh, Steve Smith and David Warner among them. Uh, Jeez, it hasn't yep. looked like they've missed that 12 months, has it? Uh, Rhino, it looks like they've come back in and uh, become their own old selves pretty quickly. Yeah, they have. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, um, they're, they're both obviously in very good nick. David, Davey, obviously, I was over in the IPL and witnessed some of that stuff in the IPL and just absolutely smashed it in the IPL. Um, leading the run scorers, and he, he missed three of the games towards the end, I think it was, three or four. So he, he's... Um, and he's, he's still finding his feet again in, in, in back on this side, but... Um, Steve Smith for me, he was probably opposite. He didn't have a huge IBL, um, but but obviously just getting himself right for this for this World Cup, and um, he just looks like I don't know. It looks like he's gotten better. I don't know how you do that when you don't play for twelve months. He looks like he's gotten better. Um, you now he seems really hungry. He's determined to to do well, and like, you know, obviously what they what they've been through and what they're still going through, they're still going to cop it over there. They knew that. Um, it would probably water off a duck's back for for both of them. That they knew that what they were going to expect over there, but. Um, yeah, for them to go over and do what they've done, um, and, and you know, and score um, some good runs, not not huge runs as yet, but um, I'm sure they're not far off it. Just on Nathan Coulton, you mentioned him earlier. He's got uh, figures of one for 168. I mean, he was fantastic with the bat against the Windies the yep. other night, scoring 92. Uh, do you think it's time for Nathan to have a bit of a rest, or do you pursue with someone like Nathan Coulton, who generally gets better with the more bowling under his belt? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's hard, obviously, from the outside. I don't want to speculate too much. Um, you know what, 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 um, what I think they're going to. Well, I think what I think they could. I'd like to see him have another game. Um, but again, I'm not in the camp, um, and, and I don't know what he's what he's thinking. I guess the funny thing for me the other day when I heard him say that he probably dropped because he hasn't taken many wickets. I don't know if I'd like my quick saying that as a coach, yeah. <laughs> um, or as a quick, or as a player. I probably wouldn't be saying that. I'd probably, you know, I'm, you know, maybe they have been coming out that well, but I'm working on it. But um, not saying that I probably dropped, but. Um, 
Yeah, maybe I don't know. Look, I'm not in there. Maybe maybe uh, in his his mindset, maybe he might not be right if he's thinking that and, and saying that. But um, oh, look, he's a, he's a quality bowler. We all know that. And as you said, I think he's nailed it there. I think the more he bowls, the better he gets. Um, and I guess the other thing as well, unfortunately, you know, Stoinis probably hasn't um, offered both, you know, at the moment, uh, the point in the, in the tournament, um, enough for the bat or ball, and, and, and Coulton Oll's done that. So, you know, um, that's another one. you just got to think about whether, hopeful Stoinis is your general around, obviously, but the way that, um, Coulton's batted the other night was just phenomenal and, and showed how dangerous he can be. So, you know, he could potentially be the all-rounder. Um, if hopefully Stornis doesn't, you know, hopefully he does fire soon or in the next game or from the next couple of games. So, um, but again, it's it's you know who you're going to bring in because you know I think they worry potentially um, that if, if if the batters don't fire, you know, if they drop Nathan Coulton, oh, they drop a bit of that batting as well. Yeah, yeah, and I guess the luxury for the Australian team and any team in this tournament, if you start well, is you've got games to get guys into form, don't you? I mean, Australia still have six more group games left, uh, with six more opportunities for someone like Marcus Stoinis to put a score on the board and then hit his peak form right around that semi-final yeah. time. Yeah, that's right, and I don't think I don't think they'll be chopping and changing too much because of that, because most games are crucial uh, to finish as high as you can. Um, not saying the guys on the sidelines aren't good enough because I think that squad they picked over there was, was, was phenomenal. It was an excellent squad. But you're right, I think it'll give maybe someone like a Stornis to bat higher and, 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 and spend a bit of time out in the middle and get get, get you know get into the groove. Um, there's no doubt about it, he's a dangerous player. Um, you know, if he gets into his groove he can you know, he can be there at the end in, in, in certain games and finish off and that's what we need him to do. So um, yeah, that's it. Was again. I, I don't think we'll see too much choppy changing. I think the continuity of the team and is important. And and again, um, you know, getting um, getting in a good 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 sort of position on the table at the end of the tournament is going to be uh, very important. Now, Ryan, you are a master swing bowler. Can you explain why nobody is swinging the new balls over there in England for no more than a few deliveries? I mean, what's going on? Um, that's, a, that's a really good question, Sam. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I've watched our seam position the other night. That's one thing I, I looked at close the other night. The seam position from our guys wasn't great the other night. But um, I, I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about that. I watched, I've watched other teams as well, and the ball's not swinging. So it's not just obviously our guys. It's um, it, it, you know, I think it's the ball. A lot of it has to do with the ball. Um, and you know, we, 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 the ball, the white ball. To be honest, the white ball doesn't usually swing too much anyway. Usually after four or five overs, obviously having two from each end is helping that because there's, there's two, obviously two. Um, but once it once it gets whacked a couple of times, it, it never. I haven't known it to swing too much more than you know, as I said, four or five, six overs in the past. So um, <clears throat> you know, it's conditions as well. The the air temperature and all that sort of stuff can can have an influence. But I think the the, the ball hasn't really the, the cookware balls haven't really done a lot for a long time now, even the red ones. Um, I know that they've tried or they're trying. I'm not sure what, I'm not sure if they're using uh, the double lacquered ball, which they, they the trial that they brought out over here, I think we're using our JLT last year. I'm not sure about that. Apparently that's swung around a bit more. Um, I, I don't know. I, I haven't sort of, I'm not privy to all that information. But, but yeah, look, it's, it's disappointing. I, I think, um, you know, not to see the ball swinging around, especially with the, the, the way the bat's dominating. Um, it's disappointing, but... Again, it may not be the balls, it might be the bowlers, and it might be the, the conditions they're playing in. It's, it's, you know, there's all different, a lot of factors that can contribute to the ball swinging or not swinging. 
But Rhino, surely you would agree with this. It's a batsman's game. Uh, the bowlers need a hand somehow, and if they can get a ball that swings for more than three or four deliveries, they take it, wouldn't they? I mean, <laughs> they would it's exciting watching the ball swing around uh, at the top of the order. Yeah, but and there's no, there's no doubt about that because when you get, you know, it's great to see. Well, it's good. I can say it now because I'm not playing. But when you're scoring three. <laughs> 350, 400, it's, it's good to watch. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if I'm there bowling uh, at the other end, it's not good to watch. It's, it's not, not a great feeling as a bowler, you know. So, because the, the thing about it is a lot of good a lot of good balls are going for um, for, for, for six and, and they're going a long way back, you know. That, one of the things I tell a lot of the, especially the young bowlers I talk to these days, is having a, you've got to really have a good stock ball, a good, a good ball that you can still challenge the batter with. But this day and age, um, those balls are getting hit, you know, 15, 20 rows back. So um, it definitely, <clears throat> definitely would help if they could make it allow it to swing a bit more. But again, it's not always the ball. I have to say that it's not just the ball. It's, it also can be the conditions as well. So, um, but I, I would like to see it moving more definitely. Aside from Australia, Rhino, which other teams have impressed you in the World Cup so far? Uh, in India, obviously, last night, uh, the other night were, were fantastic. They, they're just, um, you know, when they're on, their are bowling's good. Um, their batting is just phenomenal, um, and you know the, the one thing they've really done is impressed me in the in the field. They've really, um, you know, up their fielding over the last couple of years. I think that's due to um, obviously Coley and and his attitude and you know, getting his wanting his team to be the best in the world. Um, the other teams, I guess, I tell you, well, New Zealand, I think, are real dangerous. I think they're they're consistent. They're just flying underneath the radar a bit at the moment, um, but I think they're probably around the mark. And the other ones, probably the surprising ones, the West Indies. I, I knew they. Um, I knew that the side. Looking at the side on paper, they had a pretty good side. Um, but what, I think what they've done, especially, you know, when it came to the the barrage of short balls, they've, they've given Pakistan and also us and, and the way they've performed. I mean, they had South Africa again last night, two for twenty or two for twenty-five after after eight overs and, and obviously a washout. So I think they've been the surprise packet. If 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 they can, you know, roll teams and bowl well to teams like that, they can definitely chase. That Shea Hope, I think, is, it is. He's averaging nearly. 80 or 100, up to 80 to 100 over the last sort of 12 months in one-day cricket. Um, you got the old master, the old universe horse, he's still there, Chris Gale, and if he gets going, um, you know, if they're, ch- if they're chasing a score of 250, 300, and he gets going, gets quick fire, sort of, you know, 70 to, to 100, that, that sets them up. So I, I think they've been the big surprise back, and I think they are a danger as well. And of course, England. I guess they. Uh... Oh, I know England. Of course, I didn't want to mention them, but no. <laughs> them, them, those guys. They're, they're a good side. Let's be honest. They are a good side in, in their own conditions. But everyone keeps saying, you know, I read on Twitter and all the ex, you know, uh, Peterson and, and Michael Vaughan. There's a lot of pressure on England. There's a lot of there's a lot of pressure on them anyway because they're playing in a World Cup. Doesn't matter which team you are, you've you've, you've got a lot of pressure on you. And and I think. If you speak to a lot of the England guys, yes, they're playing at home and the pressure's on it. They never won it, but they'd be loving it. They'd be enjoying playing at home and loving the fact that they're in their own conditions. So, um, but they are. They're another side that's, um, you know, again, it's a bit like uh, India. They bat, bat one way down, and they're bowling. Um, their bowling's pretty good. Although they have gone for some runs early in the mm. tournament, so let's hope that keeps happening. Yeah, the less said about England, the better. Uh, Ryan, we didn't speak to you before the tournament, but what were your tournament? Um, what were your pre-tournament predictions? And a couple of games in for each side. Have they changed at all? Well, South Africa has. They've yeah. changed. They have big time. Not winning a game after four. Obviously, the washout last night didn't help. Um, they, they've been really disappointing. Uh, obviously, losing Stain was huge for them. I think um, you know, having him in that side, just the experience as well, and the way 
I watched him, you know, he played two games in the IPL, but he, he was bowling fast and swinging the ball. He would have been a great um, addition to that side. Um, I think you know, he was due to come in around game two and he and obviously didn't come in. Uh, he's, it's obviously really disappointing not to see him bowl. I love watching him bowl. I know the world, um, people around the world do. So they're the ones that have probably been the most disappointing so far. Obviously not winning a game. Um but no, not not really. I think, as I said, the West Indies are probably, you know, uh, around the mark. I probably didn't have them in the top six or top five uh, originally at the start. Um, but the ones, I know, I know India were going to be strong. Um, Bangladesh, I guess, have, have, have played quite good cricket as well. Uh, there's another one I didn't really have um, pushing for semis, but they're, um, you know, they're going to, they're, they're playing well. They're playing some good cricket. So they're another one I think are, um, are, are going to be a dangerous side. What did you make of the um, the shock revelation that A.B. de Villiers put his hand up to come back at the last minute for South Africa? Um, I know it's different over there in, in South Africa and uh, it's hard to gauge, but uh, what would you have done, Ryan, if, if A.B. de Villiers comes to you and says, look, I can come and play, would you have, uh, would you have taken him on well, board? It's a really hard question for me to answer that, Sammy, yeah. because uh, no, I wouldn't have because he hasn't been around and... and um, you know, hasn't hasn't sort of showed any interest, or or, or you know, hasn't I guess flagged the the you know the, his desire to come back earlier. As far as we know, he may have done that uh, publicly. They haven't said that, but um, he obviously just said that when he wanted to come in, you know, close to the World Cup. But again, we don't know that. So, yeah. um, you know, look on the other spectrum. Joffrey Archer came in too and just qualified for England a few months or a few weeks, and then he got picked for before he got picked for um, you know, in the World Cup squad. So. I know it's not the same. Archer's not retired and coming back, but it's it's he's coming to a side that's you know that they've they've sort of been building for since the last World Cup. You know, to me, it's the same sort of scenario in a way that you know you, you pick your team and you pick your guys and you work your way up to a World Cup and and settling your side and and now you've got a guy that comes in the last minute. Now I think it's great that Archer's in there because he's definitely good enough and he's you know he's he's earned his spot in there. I think. Um, but when it comes to someone like the Villiers, again, I, I don't. It's hard to say. You don't know the full, mm. um, you know, the full story. Um, would, would I have had him in there? I, he, I don't know why he retired. Obviously, personal reasons or whatever it was, he retired. Because I've been watching him in T20 comp since, and he's still a very, very good player. So, um, yeah, look, a tough question. I, 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 I probably I wouldn't have um, because they obviously had a had a plan and what they were trying to do, and he wasn't a part of that. Yep, and I bet uh, the other nine teams would be pretty happy that he's not there either, because uh, as you said, such Correct. a destructive player. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about what you're doing up there in Brisbane, Australia. Ray head off uh, to England at the end of the week for their uh, yep. five five week tour or four and a half week tour uh, of yep. England. Um, Rhino, you're going to be part of the four day tour as an assistant coach. But uh, what have you yep. been doing with the guys up there in Brisbane this week? Yeah, so the first of the boys have been up, just they've arrived, they arrived on Sunday, um, started sort of training camp yesterday, uh, they're, they're just, yeah, just, just sort of finalising preparation, they're actually really, they're, they're in awe up here because the weather's 25 degrees up here and a lot of them have been in, yeah. in three or four degrees um, cold, so they're loving, um, they're looking up probably more than anything, looking at the sun, <laughs> just loving the sun. Um, but yeah, you know, it's we, we, it's it's been great. It's the second day of beautiful sunshine, and, and the boys are just loving having sun on their back and and training on good on good facilities and good con, you know in good conditions. The wickets are really good up here, and they're just having a good hit out. We're we're trying to, you know, we we're getting them um, ready to go from when we land because we just don't know what that weather is going to be like when we land. So we want to make sure that they're fully prepared here. They're going to have a good hit out 
by the time they get on the plane this week, they'll be they would have known that they train. They train, you know, train pretty hard. And, and when they get there, if um, hopefully it's not, but if the weather is sort of not great, then they'll know that they're ready to go. If they only have one session or or even an indoor session before that first game comes. So um, yeah, just getting them prepared and as prepared, best prepared as we can, and making sure that they're. Yeah, we're just right to go. Um, you know, it's obviously the guys. Some guys have had longer time off. I think the Victorian guys have only had about four or five weeks off. Where other guys have had about seven or eight weeks off. So it's just a matter of getting back into into play and getting back into training and getting the the feel of the, the bat on ball and, and obviously the ball coming out of the hand. And, and they've done that really, really well. Got a fair battery quicks up there, Rhino, with Hayeswood, Bird, Boland, uh, Ty, just to name a few. Uh, what have you been getting them to focus on? Yeah, again, it's. Just just getting back to trying to get that consistency in there and what they're trying to do. I mean, um, for, for, for instance, AJ Ty is just trying to you know get back to to hitting hitting consistent lengths and, and doing what he does best and probably something he's probably gone away from a little bit um, in the last little bit. Um, you know, yeah, just getting the feel of it. And same as Hazel, Hazel's come back from um, a decent injury that he's had to you know he's made a couple of little tweaks in his um, in his action. Um, in, in, in getting you know getting that right, he has to come back and make sure he's feeling right there and um, and doing stuff like that. So it's just and again, it's just for a couple of few other guys getting back on grass. They've been bowling a couple of sessions in their state, the odd session on 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 turf, but a lot of it's been done indoors. So just getting back to that consistency and, and making sure that they they're comfortable putting the you know putting the ball in the right in the right spots. From your experience. Uh what do Australia's quicks have to do differently to have success over there in English conditions? Well, get their length right. That's that's the big one for me. They just got to get their length and their line right. They, you know, I know that we've got three. Um, well, three. Obviously, I don't know the fourth or fifth will be, but um, the three big boys coming Stark and Hayden, definitely um, they, don't, they, they they all they can swing the ball. Um, I think bowling with the Duke balls obviously a, a, a great, it's great fun and, and it's. Um, it is a challenge as well because you've got to make sure you do put him in the right spot. But hitting the right length and, and, and you know limiting the width of the English batters, um, you know I think they'll do very very well. And, um, you know I know, I know that Stark, I'm watching Stark, he's bowling quick. Um, so is Cummins, and then watching Hazel just in the last week or a couple of days here, and then um, just a week or so ago when he was here, just, just gliding in and, and letting the ball go at a, at a, at a very good pace. So um, yeah, I think look, I, I think we've got a great. Um, you know, I think what I do think is obviously they've been there before and experienced it. Um, probably didn't go as well last time they were there, and they've had that experience. So uh, I know that they're determined to, to change that and, and do very well this time. What about uh, Jai Richardson? He's up there as well. I think he's got an assessment on his shoulder. How's he shaping up? Is he any chance of uh, getting over there and featuring at some stage for an Ashes berth? Yeah, he's, obviously the clock's against him, um, mm. but he's definitely a chance. He's um, he's there. He's rolling his arm over. He's he, he did about uh, four or five overs yesterday, just off a half run, and, and got his arm over. It's a little bit slow, but what well, started slow, and by the end of it, it was it was really good. So, um, oh look, I, I know he's pretty excited and pretty determined to, to try and be on that tour. Um, but again, he, I, you know, for him, for me, it's it's not rush, trying to rush that too much because uh, obviously it's his bowling shoulder. I, I, I only had minor dramas with my shoulder when I was when I was playing. I never had a dislocation or a reconstruction. So, for me, it's a huge mental thing for him to to you know to be able to get that um, that belief that his, that his shoulder won't re-injure, I guess, and yep. and get the confidence in that. And, and uh, he's doing that. And talking to him yesterday, we had a good chat yesterday, and he's, he's, you know, he just feels better. But, better and better by the session so he's taking it slow but again um, 
oh, look, I hope he's fit for that tour. And if he, but the thing is, if he's not, then we don't want to rush him and, and injure him even more. Exciting talent. Uh, had a great season. Uh, breakout international season last year. Testaboo the whole lot. Uh, Rhino, we're less than two months out from the Ashes. What memories come to your mind with an Ashes series so close? Oh, far out excitement. I mean, I mean I'm excited now. I mean, I'm excited to, <laughs> to be you know over there before the start to, to help the build up and be involved in the build up. Um, you know, <clears throat> yeah, just, no, well, knowing as well that we we haven't won over there for a long time, um, long long time, and I know the guys are really. Good. I know we did well there last time. Um, just obviously missed crucial times of certain games, which probably cost us. But uh, oh, look, I know, oh, I'm looking forward. I just I know the guys are really determined to obviously get through the World Cup and hopefully hopefully win that, and then um, you know go into the Ashes to win a World Cup and Ashes together would be, would be pretty special. Um, but again, we're not we don't want to get too far ahead of that of ourselves. Um, you know, as I said, it's it's um, it's a great time, and uh, you know I think. There's so many. Well, the other thing with that is the teams. There's so many opportunities as well. There's, there's a few guys that are. I know that are. You know, we spoke about here the other day about not trying to think about the big picture and making sure that we're worrying about tomorrow and and, and getting what you need done. And you know, runs are going to get you in there. Um, you know, but don't don't think about that end result. If you start thinking about that, you start drifting and and it won't go to plan. So there are a lot of guys that are that are um, obviously determined, but they're obviously determined to do well for Australia as well in the meantime. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, Ryan. I'll uh, see you over there in England. Will do, mate. Look forward to it. Thanks, Sammy. Brett Lee is one of Australia's fastest ever bowlers and a World Cup winner in 2003. A few weeks ago, on the eve of the World Cup, we asked him for a World Cup memory. Brett, I get to talk about the World Cup moment, and I think for you was the, um, the semi-final against Sri Lanka in 2003. You took... Three for 35, Australia got through to the final there. And I reckon you were bowling as fast as ever there. You got that Marvin Adipato wicket, I'm not sure I remember. <laughs> he didn't move his feet, clattered into Wolf's stump. It was clocked at 160.1 kilometres per hour. Uh, just your memory of that game and that, that tournament? Yeah, there's some great memories, firstly of that tournament, but definitely of that game. Uh, and you, you mentioned the 160. To me, that was a dream to cross that barrier and to hit that, that 160k or that 100 mile an hour barrier. Uh, but it, it was it was more so the the humour around that because I think the ball before uh, Brad Hogg caught one uh, or actually spilt one, but it was a no ball, a bottle no ball. Um, there was a catcher went down. There was a catch taken off by no ball. There was a lot of sort of uh, things that were happening, and then I just thought I've got to go back here and just turn up the gas here and random bowled and there just started back off uh, off a good length, and Marvin had to paddle his stump, got uh, ripped down. I was like pretty pumped about it. You took 22 wickets in that tournament. Was that is that peak Brett Lee? Were you, was that you at your best? Um, look, I was definitely up for the tournament. I, I, I just wanted to contribute as a team member. Uh, I felt fit, yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the fittest I've ever felt. That and probably 05 when I bowled probably my, you know, my quickest ball. Um, they were probably the two years, 03, 05, where I actually felt like you are on top of your game. And sometimes as, as an athlete, it, it, it takes time and it just takes that right moment. It could be anything. It could be that injection of um, atmosphere. It could be the adrenaline coming through, that big moment that you need to break through for the team. But definitely 03 was right up there with how, you know, how, how I felt personally. And then you capped it off with a dominant win in the final. Yeah. What was it like uh, playing in that game and looking back at it now, which is 16 years ago, can you believe it? <laughs> Sam, it's a long time ago, mate. It's... Uh, <laughs> Some great memories. You know, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. Uh, what an amazing group of 
bunch of young guys that we had there that have all grown in now to doing other things and a lot of guys are working with Fox Sports and enjoying it. Um, you know, playing on the umbrella of Cricket Australia and, and you know, winning that, that wonderful tournament, holding up the World Cup. Just some great memories. And, and just thinking that we had you know, 15 guys that were all best mates. That's hard to find. And certainly over what we've seen previous you know, moments and memories... Um, where these teams aren't as close as they used to be. Like back then, it was like so tight. Mm. And to me, that's probably the best part of playing in the 2003 World Cup is that we're all mates. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Next week, we'll be coming to you from England, where we'll be with the Australia A squad. And we'll also hear from Australia's women's wicketkeeper, Alyssa Healy. Until then, catch all of Australia's World Cup games on Fox Cricket, KO Sports, and Nine Gem. But if you need scores, news and video highlights, head to cricket.com.au and the CA Live app. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.